T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You want to know this. I was at the Marriott smoking black mile in the elevator. Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. The Burgundy and Gold today. Linnell Willingham here with you. Taking you up to 3 o'clock before we dish the rock to the Hoffman Show. You know how we do it here on the Burgundy and Gold today. A-list guests only. Joining us right now on the Team 980 guest hotline is NBC Sports Washington Commanders insider Ethan Cadeau. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Ethan underscore Cadeau. What's going on, E? How you feeling, man? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. I know you're probably a little bit of a somber moment for people in our demographic, man. We lost a very, very talented rapper tragically late last night, man. What was, what was one of your favorite Mego takeoff songs, my man? Dude, I woke up this morning at like 8.30 and saw the news, and I was like, was in shock. Yeah, bro. Um, Bricks was one of my favorites. <laughs> hey, Mike, we got to play that at some point, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's a banger. I, I got a funny story about Brick. So that came out in what, 13, 14, mm-hmm. when we were still in high school. And I would literally be driving my car. And like, whenever that song would come on, I would just honk to like the, the beat. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny as hell. Hey, look, let's talk about the commanders now, man. Don't look now, Ethan. The last time we talked, this team was in the midst of that four game losing streak. Now, this team's won three in a row. My question for you, man, what have you learned? about the Washington Commanders during this three-game winning streak? For one, I've learned they love playing for Taylor Heineke. <laughs> ever since he ever since he came in the lineup, it's just been a jolt of energy. You see guys tweeting about him, raving about him every chance they get in the locker room. They just it seems like every single time he's on the field, they truly feel like they have a chance to win. I don't think it's a shot at Carson Wentz from the rest of his teammates or anything like that. I just think it just shows how beloved – Number four is in the locker room, and even John Allen said it after the game. Like, every time he's out there, we feel like we have a chance to win. He's a ball player. He makes plays, stuff like that. So I think that's been a big change, and also the defense has been playing really, really well. I mean, they don't even have a chance to make that final last drive if they don't hold it, or if the commander's defense doesn't hold the Colts on that red zone possession where Jamin Davis made that stop on third down after Cam Curl stopped Michael Pittman on second down at the one. So the defense has kind of been the unsung hero the past few weeks. They've looked really good. Sure, the opponents haven't been great. The quarterback play, besides a washed-up Aaron Rodgers, hasn't been great <laughs> either. But I, I've been impressed with them. I mean, you can only play who's on your schedule. So hopefully they can continue that over the next two weeks with the NFC's elite coming up. Yeah, as you mentioned, the NFC's elite coming up. And the team that they're playing on Sunday in the Minnesota Vikings just got a hell of a lot better. They made the trade for Lions tight end TJ Hawkinson. They're going to provide big-time matchup issues for Washington. During this three-game winning streak, though, Ethan, like we mentioned, this commander's defense has done their part. Sunday, though, they 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 went with a different wrinkle that I was really, really, really fond of. So, obviously, Cole Holcomb has to miss that football game. So, mm-hmm. Cam Curl ends up wearing the green dot defensively and has to call all of the plays. Talk about his maturation process and his growth and development since he's gotten here. And then I'll, I'll, I'll ask you the second part of the question. Answer, answer that for me first, though, because Cam Curl has been <laughs> <Sure>. on fire. <laughs> um, it's not a coincidence that this defense turned things around in week three, week four, when he returned to the lineup after yeah. missing the first two games. And I think it's kind of just a testament of how important he is to that back end. He's Like you said, he wore the green dot as a safety last game. He was excellent. I have a, a spicy hot take about Cam Uh-oh. Curl that I'm waiting – it's a, it's a good one. Okay. It's, a, it's like a positive one. 
basically, I'm going to just say it here. I'm going to tweet it eventually. But I think Cam Curl is everything the commanders wanted Sua Cravens to be. Wow. And yeah. if not more. And he's just been, he can play in the box. He can play back. He can cover. He can stuff the run. He can literally do it all. And don't look now. Everyone's talking about, oh, they have to pay Montez Sweat or they have to pay Duran Pay after the year. This is a seventh-round guy in Cam Curl who's about to finish year three. You know he's going to want a bag. I mean, he's going to the last year of his rookie deal on a seventh-round pick. Of course he's going to want to pay upgrade, and he deserves it. So it's a good problem to have because he's playing really well. I think he's the number one PFF-rated safety yeah, in the league right now. This so, is crazy to think about. Yeah, he's, he's the truth, man. And he just continues to get better every single year. And the last few weeks have just shown he might be the most important player to this defense besides John Allen and Deron Payne. Yeah, it's really um it's really been a situation for me, man, where the secondary as a whole, I feel as if everyone has stepped up their play from Benjamin St. Juice to Rashad Wild Goose, Kendall Fuller is getting his act together. The guy I want to talk about though, man, that I feel like is Sunday's unsung hero, Bobby McCain. You saw them mm-hmm. deploy Bobby McCain kind of as their slot corner for a lot of the times on Sunday and his physicality coming up and making fits in the run game is huge. He's somebody that the fan base and guys, including myself, were very critical of early on in the season. What changes have you seen with Bobby McCain and how do you think he's played during this three-game win streak? So I think McCain, he's unfortunately usually on, or at least in the vicinity of the explosive plays they yeah. give up. <laughs> so a lot of fans believe he's responsible for these big plays. And sure, some of them is his fault, but a lot of the times they aren't either. So unless we really know what coverages they're running and the schematics that they're doing, which we don't as just viewers, unless we're not in the huddle with them, it's hard to tell. But like you said, I think McCain's versatility is another underrated aspect of his game. He's played all five positions in the secondary in his career. Like you said, he was lining up at slot corner a decent amount. I I like McCain. I mean, I think Derek Forrest is another guy we should really be talking about, too. He forced that fumble on Jonathan Taylor. He always plays with his head on fire when he's out there. I think regardless of when Cole Holcomb comes back, they need to find a way to keep that three-safety look on the field with McCain, Curl, and Forrest because that's a difference maker, in my opinion. McCain, I think he's played better. I still think there's a lot of room for growth. I think fans, and he would agree as well, but the other guys in the secondary are sure, sure balling out, too. Joining us right now on the Team 980 guest hotline is NBC Sports Washington beat writer Ethan Cadeau. Make sure you give him a follow on the Twitter app at Ethan underscore Cadeau. Let's go to the quarterback position, man. Obviously, so everybody wants to talk about here in town. Taylor Heineke probably is the most, what's the word I'm looking for? The most, the most <laughs> polarizing, the most polarizing yeah. player uh, that's come through this town in a long time at that quarterback position. Sunday, the numbers are gaudy if you look at them. Just from a statistical standpoint, 23 of 31, 279, a touchdown and that bad pick that he threw. He just gives this team a jolt of energy. And you talked about how the guys in the locker room rally around him. But it's not as if it's just all moxie that's winning these football games right now for Taylor Heineke. Once again, when it mattered the most, Taylor Heineke made some big-time throws. And right now, Ethan, it's got me thinking about the big-picture look with Taylor Heineke and this football team. Based off of... Should excuse me, should Taylor Heineke be the quarterback of this team or remain the starter of this football team? Should that be based off of wins and losses or his performance moving forward? Both for sure, but I mean he's playing better than Carson was playing and they're two and oh. So I think right now he's making the decision easy for him. I think even if he even if the if Washington doesn't beat both the Vikings or the Eagles, or even if they go 0 and two, if Heineke continues to play decent like and keeps them in the game and ultimately gives them a chance to win at the end of the game there's no way you can go back to Carson I personally don't think there's any way you can go back to Carson regardless I mean the first five six weeks I think we've seen enough to know he shouldn't be he's not going to be here next year they can get rid of him at the end of the year pretty much free of charge that's part of the reason why they didn't restructure his contract and I don't think either one of them is the answer at the position long-term, but I'll tell you right now, I think Taylor is a much better temporary bridge sort of solution that they have. And if they're winning games and staying in the hunt, there's no reason to move him back on the bench. Everyone loves him in the locker room, and the number one way to ruffle some feathers is 
to put the guy who's helping you win games on the bench for the guy that went two and four as a starter and averaged 17 points Mm. when he was under center. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. I know Taylor's numbers were a little bit inflated at the end of the game with those two final drives, but it's not like the Colts were letting him convert either. I mean, he stepped up when he needed to, made some big-time throws, that fourth-down throw to Curtis Samuel when he – evaded the rush, rolled to his right. Carson can't do that anymore. He's not nimble enough. He's not athletic enough. And then that throw to Cam Sims, a big 21-yard conversion Huge. to set up the play to, to, to Terry. So there's a lot of plays besides that ultimate great McLaurin catch that helped set it up, and Taylor deserves a lot of credit for it. And maybe I'm sipping the Heineke Kool-Aid right now. <laughs> it's a three-game winning streak. I'm sorry. We haven't had one of those besides the last year in a very long time. I think there's no reason to turn back to Carson at this point. Ethan, it's interesting. You you mentioned going back to Carson Wentz. I'm of the mindset that I I 100% agree with you. Carson Wentz, if if I had anything to do with it, has played his final downs here in Washington. But I just think, Ethan, I've been saying it all show long, I feel as if this organization and franchise has a conflict of interest right now. Because obviously you want to stay in the hunt and you want to be competing for, for a playoff spot. But at the end of the day, even if this team goes on some type of miracle mini run and is able to sneak in to be the seventh and final seed in the NFC playoff picture, everyone knows they're not going to go out and win a championship. Who knows if they even be able to win one playoff game? And now you're right back at square one at season's end without a clear answer at the game's most important position. At some point, and I've said this to you on previous occasions, on some point, at some point, it would be irresponsible for the Washington Commanders not to get an extended look at Sam Howell before season's end. What do you think about his growth and development? Do you think he could be potentially ready to come save the day if Taylor Heineke reverts back to his usual form? I'm with you, and I think if Taylor Heineke were to do such, I think Sam Howell should be the next guy up. Like you said, regardless who's under center between Carson or Taylor, they're not winning anything meaningful as long as they're in the hunt, I think they're going to play Taylor yeah. because he's right now their best chance to win. But like you said, they, they're going to be back to square one, still searching for QBX at year's end. And if they don't give Sam Howell at least a few games at the end of the year, they have no idea what, what they're going to have in him. And sure, worst case scenario, you could go into next year with like a quarterback competition between Howell, if you want to bring back Heineke or someone else, but that's not going to rile up fans. And there's two really, really good quarterbacks at the top of this draft that if you want to move up and potentially more, I'm not even mentioning like Will Levis, Herndon Hooker and those other guys, but if you want to move up to get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, it's going to take some picks and you got to be confident you don't have a QB one on your roster. And if they don't play Howell, how are they supposed to know? So I'm with you right now. Everyone's, including myself, is kind of buying into Heineke because he's won two in a row. They're four and four. They're still in contention for that seventh wild card. And besides these next two games, the schedule kind of lightens up a little bit as well. But I'm with you. If Howell doesn't play a down and they're still stuck in the same position this year, <laughs> then it is it is ultimately, a, like you said, a conflict of interest because they're putting they're prioritizing temporary, I guess, success or motivation over long-term outlook which I understand because you got to get those other 52 guys in the locker room to want to play too. But long, big picture, you're right. This has put him in a bit of a conundrum. Yeah, it's going to make an interesting situation to monitor moving forward. Speaking of you know worrying about long-term success or short-term success, the trade deadline coming up at 4 p.m. Eastern time here today. A couple candidates uh, that other teams could be interested in, a guy like a Deron Payne. We've heard Antonio Gibson's name be floated out there. William Jackson III has been the subject of trade talks as well. I got a guy for you, two guys for you, Ethan, whose names haven't mm-hmm. been brought up, but I've mentioned them here on the show. And and I'll, and I'll preface all that by saying these two guys, in my opinion, right now, their value is more in the locker room than it is in between the lines on Sundays. Logan Thomas and J.D. McKissick. What do you say if I was Washington and I wanted to potentially put those two guys on the block? Because when it comes to Logan Thomas – Yes, he could be instrumental in the development of an Amani Rogers or a Cole Turner, but on Sundays he isn't really getting it done for you. And then J.D. McKissick can't even find the damn field right now. So what say you, GM Ethan Cadeau? <laughs> those, those are two, two good players that I could definitely see other teams being interested in. I don't think either one's going to get moved just basically or based on what we've heard and kind of the lack of any rumors surrounding the two, but 
it certainly makes sense. I'm not sure either would fetch that much in return, which is kind of why Washington, I think, stays put. And like you mentioned, their value in the locker room is huge. I mean, Logan Thomas is the captain. He's been the captain for multiple years. I will say, I don't think Washington's starting tight end in 2023 is currently on the roster. Wow. <laughs> that's that's I, spicy. I really like Logan Thomas, and he was great in 2020. Unfortunately, the injuries have caught up to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm curious to see what they do with him. I don't think he's going to get traded, but tight end, they, they've got some young, promising pieces, but they don't have a real clear answer at the position. I, I think they're going to hold on to Logan for now. McKissick, I think he'll 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 get a role or he'll play more as games go on. I mean, obviously Antonio Gibson's emergence as a pass catcher, which is something we all knew he can do, right. and wondered why he wasn't doing it earlier, has kind of taken away from McKissick's usage, but. The coaching staff still loves him. Ron rates about him every single time he's brought up. I think he'll end up making some big plays for this team down the stretch. So right now, I think those two stay put. I think most of the roster stays put besides all the William Jackson noise that we're kind of hearing. I just asked you to put your GM hat on, Ethan Cadeau. I'm going to ask you to now become Ethan Cadeau, Ph.D. Can you give us an update on the injury situation? Obviously, Chase Young is slated to have that 21-day clock started tomorrow and then the health of Jahan Dotson moving forward. What do you have on those two guys? And so I'll start with Dotson. Rivera said yesterday that they're going to have a better understanding of his status come Wednesday. He's been doing a lot of stuff inside in the weight room with the trainers, trying to get that hamstring right. Anytime you suffer a setback like that, how he did in practice two weeks ago, I think they're going to be extra cautious and bring them back. I don't know if he's going to play this week. It seems like he's a week-to-week basis. Should be coming back soon. It's a good sign that they didn't put him on IR a week ago when he suffered that setback. So hopefully he can come back because he's probably the team's best red zone threat at this point already. And yes, Terry McLaurin's been great the past few weeks, but you can never have too many pass catchers. So I'm sure they'd love to have him back. Chase Young, all signs look like he's going to practice tomorrow. He's only going to do individual drills and then go to the side field for team. But he's going to have to work his way back. Ron Rivera kind of tempered expectations yesterday saying it's going to take some time i'd be kind of surprised if he played this week but i'm looking at the monday night game in philly the week after is probably the time he makes his debut well hopefully this football team is still on a winning streak going into that monday night game ethan what's your gut say sunday one o'clock when the minnesota vikings come to town do you think they're able to get it done i think it's going to be close but i think minnesota is ultimately going to come away with the win that offense just has too many pieces. I mean, Justin Jefferson's, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the league. Dalvin Cook's still Dalvin Cook. Adam Thielen's underrated, too. I think that offense is just going to be a lot for this team to handle. I'm going to go Vikings 28, Commanders 21. That's spicy. That's spicy. Well, if, if the Commanders score 21 points, Ethan, that would be, wouldn't that be the True. most points during this winning streak? Second most. Okay, they scored 23 yeah. against Green Bay. <laughs> So, obviously, we got some things to worry about coming up Sunday. Ethan, appreciate you giving me some time, my man. Appreciate you, as always. That's Ethan Cadeau. Always get smarter talking ball with him. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, at Ethan underscore Cadeau. We'll react to some of what Ethan had to say, including the idea of Washington keeping and staying put at the 4 p.m. trade deadline. I threw out a couple of names. J.D. McKissick, Deron Payne, Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas. Any commanders that you would like to see moved by the 4 p.m. trade line, call us and call in and tell us 301-230-0980 is the number. We'll ask them reset the same question here on the other side of this break. What does this commander's three-game winning streak mean to you? All that and more next here on the Burgundy and Gold today. Go! Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Linnell Willingham here with you until 3 o'clock here on the Burgundy and Gold. Today, the best Washington Commanders coverage in the world, Craig, here on the Team 980 weekdays 12 to 3. The combination of myself, the DOC, Rick Doc Walker, and our good pal, the legend, Scott Jackson. Doc and Scott was listening to them yesterday and the conversation that they were having surrounding uh, Sunday's win against the Indianapolis Colts was very interesting because they kind of are singing the same tune that I'm singing here. 
it feels good to have a three-game winning streak, but if you're not going to be able to sustain the success or build off of that success, what does it really mean? And that's really, you know, what I plan on finding out here for the next hour and a half of this radio program. And I don't want to come off or, or sound as if I'm angry about the three-game winning streak or, or I don't want the three-game winning streak or I don't appreciate the three-game winning streak. I'm just a realist. There's a difference between me and the other people who, who are blessed with the platform on this station, man. I, I People might say I come off as cynical or I'm a shock jock or whatever the hell you want to call it. I've just been here before. I can't get fooled by the same thing over and over and over again. And here's why I say get fooled. This is why I say get fooled. Have the Washington Commanders, do you feel any better about the Washington Commanders right now than you did at the beginning of the season? If anything, I probably feel worse because the expectations that we had for this group were sky high. I remember the conversations that dominated August and July. Could this team get to 11 wins? Was this team going to win 10 games? Now we're at a point where even though you're in the midst of a three-game winning streak, I still worry about the long-term picture and long-term answer of this franchise moving forward. In the next two weeks, as everyone on these airwaves, including myself, has said, the next two weeks are going to provide a real litmus test as to who the hell you really are. Are you going to be a team that's going to be stuck in mediocrity and live in the middle towards the bottom of the pack? Or are you going to be a team that can compete with the big dogs, so to speak, in the NFC playoff picture? Your Minnesotas, your Philadelphias, your Dallas. Can you compete with those teams? Or are you going to be a group that's just a middling bunch? Are you going to be someone who's scratching and clawing for the final wild card spot in the playoffs? Who do you want to be moving forward? Until this team figures that out, which is, I think we'll find that out on Sunday, what type of team they'll be moving forward. If they can go out and beat Minnesota on Sunday, I think the conversation and narrative changes for a lot of people here in this town. Because despite what you all might think, I'm not the only one who believes that this three-game winning streak right now is fool's gold, so to speak. That's what it is. Not that I'm disappointed by the winning streak. Not that I'm in... Not that I'm upset about the winning streak. Not that I think there aren't positive takeaways from the winning streak. I just feel as if it's all for nothing at the end of the day. Because like I've said, there is a conflict of interest in this group. And as a fan base, we got to figure out what we want as well. Because whether or not you believe it or not, they are very cognizant of what this fan base thinks. And it might even influence decision-making every now and then. What do you want to be? Do you want to be a group that has long-term success moving forward? Or are you only focused on the now and the here and the present? Because like I said with Ethan Cadeau, look, at some point, you're going to have to get a look at what Sam Howell is at the quarterback spot. The rookie that you spent the fifth-round draft pick on? Back in April, that guy, he's got to play at least four to five games for you to try to make an assessment moving forward on whether or not you need to be in the sweepstakes for a premier quarterback this offseason. You need to figure out whether or not moving forward, this guy is either it or he's not. And we've had these debates time in and time out. How much is Sam Howell developed? Is Sam Howell ready? Is the moment going to be too big for him? Are you going to have to dial back your play sheet offensively if your offensive coordinator Scott Turner? That that has to deal with that has to deal with whether or not your future is more important than the short-term success. And that's where I'm at with this group. Because despite this team winning three straight football games, I'm not 100% sold on their long-term future. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll open up the phones here. 301-230-0980 is the number. N-E-L-L underscore BTP is how you reach me on Twitter. The Commanders are in the midst of a three-game winning streak right now. What does that three-game winning streak mean to you, though? 
tell you what I think, plus take your calls next here on the Burgundy and Gold today. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Team 980 always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Coming up at 2 o'clock, Randy Mueller, former NFL GM and co-host of the Athletics GM podcast, set to join us. He'll give us his thoughts and the national narrative and perspective on the Washington Commanders. Plus, we'll take a look at some of the other big storylines across the National Football League. Right now, though, the topic at hand here on the team 980, 301-230-0980 is the number. The Commanders in the midst of a three-game winning streak right now. What does that three-game winning streak mean to you, though? I'll kick things off for us here, man, because this is something I've been very, very adamant about moving forward. You can also tweet at me on Twitter, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. My man, B. Foster, says the problem is Rivera is in charge of personnel and he's trying to win now. He's not thinking three years down the line, and I completely agree with that, which is why I'm of the mentality and belief that there is a conflict of interest with the Washington Commanders. There is a conflict of interest about whether or not we should be rooting for short-term success or trying to make moves to ensure the future success of this football team. We just had breaking news come in. Via NFL, excuse me, via ESPN's Adam Schefter. It is the NFL trade deadline today at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, teams can officially won't be able to trade. Right now, though, the Chicago Bears have required Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool. That's according to Field Yates and Adam Schefter of ESPN. So another deal uh, just made. We're still waiting on the exact trade compensation. But look at Chicago. Look at a team like Chicago, somebody who's not. Not clearly not one of the NFL elites, right? It clearly isn't their time to be going out and trying to compete for championships, but they're still being aggressive and having their foot on the gas, trying to acquire talent and ensure the success of their franchise quarterback, Justin Fields. He needed a number one wide receiver. Chase Claypool represents that for the Chicago Bears. And on the flip side, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, a football team that in all honesty is going nowhere very fast, They said, hey, look, we know we're probably not going to make the postseason this year. Let's go out and try to acquire draft capital to ensure moving forward we don't have to miss the playoffs. 301-230-0980 is the number. What does this commander's three-game winning streak mean to you? The first thing I thought about when I heard the commander's three-game winning streak and I really got to sit down and think about what exactly it means it means we're not one of the worst teams in the National Football League because during that three game, during that four game losing streak, excuse me, that's what it felt like. During the four game losing streak, it felt as if I was sure as hell that Washington was one of the bottom three to four teams in this league, and they played like it, getting outscored, outgained in every game in that four game losing streak. You were dominated. You weren't really competitive at all during that four game winning streak until. The last game of the losing streak against the Tennessee Titans where you lose on the last play of the football game. What else have I learned? What else does it mean that the commanders are on this three-game winning streak? It means that Ron Rivera has increased job security. Because remember the conversation and discussion that we were having about a month ago when this team got off to that 1-4 and start? There was serious question in this town about whether or not Ron Rivera was the guy to be the architect for this rebuild moving forward. He's since quieted a lot of that down, and that's what winning does. It acts as as a temporary band-aid because, let's be honest, all the things that we were frustrated with Ron Rivera about before the three-game winning streak happened, they're still there. It still remains. He still made a huge blunder 
going out and trading for William Jackson III. He still made a huge blunder going out and acquiring Carson Wentz this year when it's very clear and apparent that Taylor Heineke is the best quarterback on this roster right now. You still made the mistake of going out and acquiring Andrew Norwell and Trey Turner instead of paying your own and a guy like Brandon Sheriff or or Eric Flowers because guess what? The offensive line is still piss poor. But Taylor Heineke's helped mask some of those deficiencies. So let's not get lost in the sauce, so to speak. Yes, this team is still on a three-game winning streak, but all the issues that were there before the three-game winning streak still exist. What's the analogy and metaphor I use at the top of the show? It's like going on vacation, knowing damn well you need your light bill to be paid and knowing damn well you don't have enough money to pay the light bill. One day the vacation's going to end. One day, one week coming up here pretty soon, I might add, the winning streak is going to be over. Then you still got to go home to a dark-ass house with no lights in it. And for Washington, that dark house with no lights in it, the metaphor for me, that's the quarterback position here in Washington. No matter what the hell happens during this three-game winning streak or four-game winning streak, you still don't have the answer to the game's biggest, most important position moving forward. Until that happens, the winning streak means nothing to me. But there is a caveat. There's a caveat that I have. If somehow Washington is able to upset the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday, then the conversation and discussion has to change. Because at that point, if Taylor Heineke can go out and beat Minnesota – I think we have to have some legitimate discussion on whether or not he should be given an opportunity to be the guy next year. 301-230-0980 is the number. What does this commander's winning streak mean to you? Let's hit the phones here. Let's go to Jonesy wants to tap in. Jonesy, what does this commander's three-game winning streak mean to you? Very little. Trust and believe, uh, now. We both, me, me, you, and Scott, and maybe even Doc, we share the same thing when it comes to teams. We are winning nail biters. You're not going to win nail biters against a, a, a team like Philly right now. Philly, did you see what the, what the scoreboard was when they finished with the Pittsburgh Steelers? A lot to a little. It, it was a whole lot. I mean, we're, we're not going to be able to do that. You can't come out there making mistakes and doing what we did in this game against Philly. That's not going to happen. You know, my, my expectations – for this team going forward, get more players, and you might you got to fortify that quarterback position. I'm sorry, Taylor Heineke, he's only going to take us but so far. We want to get further than just a little bit to the playoffs and out, and just to say we had a good season because I can see that on a yearly basis. But we're not never going to be able to contend with the Phillies, the Dallas, and the New York Giants. That's my take. And with that being said, my good friend, I'm out, man. Hey, I appreciate the call, man. Look, it's exactly what I've been talking about. There is a conflict of interest with this football team right now. What's more important? Solving the question that's plagued this team for years, decades now, talking about quarterback, or sneaking into the postseason? And here's why I say there's a conflict of interest right now. Because I'm of the mindset that if you're – if you lose Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings, it's, well, let, let me rephrase that. As soon as this team gets out of playoff contention, I don't care if it's mathematically eliminated. I mean, once it becomes a realistic idea that you're going to miss the postseason, you got to go with Sam Howell. Because like I said, it would be completely irresponsible for this team to move forward without seeing what they've got at the position. I'll also say this, though. There are two sides to the corner that I'm talking about. There is also still the scenario in which Taylor Heineke continues to play good football. Whether or not they win or lose, fine. But he continues to play good football. He's somebody that has to be given a serious, hard, long look at being a bridge quarterback for this team moving forward. All in all, though, you see the constant theme and message and what I'm trying to get to the bottom of here. The quarterback position in the National Football League matters. And I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You all know this. You're very smart fans. The quarterback position is the most important position in all of pro sports. If Washington wants to be a team that's going to be a perennial playoff contender, if Ron Rivera is actually adamant and serious about building that sustained winning culture that he's constantly referring to, then you've got to address quarterback. Because for three seasons now, 
you've swung and missed on quarterback. Now I'm of the mindset, well, damn, Ron, how many more times does Ron Rivera get to choose the quarterback here in Washington? How many times does Ron Rivera get to mess up when picking the game's most important position before somebody else gets to do it? That's where I'm at right now. I can't keep wasting time because that's what's, that's all that's going on right now. It is a waste of time, so to speak, because we all know it. Taylor Heineke, in all likelihood, isn't going to be your starter moving forward. Taylor Heineke, in all likelihood, isn't the savior for this franchise. We saw him for 15 starts last year. I was thoroughly unimpressed for most of it. There were bright spots. But is he going to be a franchise guy moving forward? Based on what my eyes say, no. I want to hear from you guys on this, though. 301-230-0980. What does this commander's three-game winning streak mean to you? I told you to me it means that Ron Rivera has increased job security, and I learned that Washington maybe isn't one of the bottom three teams in the National Football League. What does it mean to you, though? 301-230-0980 is the number. We'll take your calls, plus I'll give you more of my thoughts next. Right here on the Burgundy and Gold today. Coming up at the top of the hour, former NFL general manager Randy Mueller set to join the program. We'll ask him the same question I've been flirting with out there with you guys. What's more important for this football team, long-term success or winning right now? And Randy Mueller, being a former GM, had to deal with those scenarios on a day-to-day basis because as a front office person, you're more worried about and more concerned about the long-term future of a football team moving forward. As a head coach, your job is to worry about each and every football game. And I think right now, Washington's got a conflict of interest. Right now, though, the question we're asking you guys on the Team 980 guest hotline, listener line, excuse me, 301-230-0980 is the number, N-E-L-L underscore BCP. It's how you reach me on Twitter. The question at hand right now is, what does the commander's three-game winning streak mean to you? I'll, I'll continue to kick things off for us here. To me, the three-game winning streak put a Band-Aid on the actual issues that still exist for this football team. Kind of like I've been alluding to here. It feels good as hell to come in here on a Tuesday after a win. But at the end of the day, the same problems and same talking points still exist. Washington's offensive line is still horrendous. It just so happens that Taylor Heineke is a quarterback better suited to avoid and elude pressure. Defensively, you're still giving up big plays at a pretty high rate. But when you're winning games, it becomes less important. It also made today's 4 p.m. 4 p.m. trade deadline more difficult. Because if this team wasn't on a three-game winning streak, I think there could be a legitimate argument to be made that it'd be organizational malpractice to get rid of or to keep a Deron Payne and not sign him this offseason, to keep a J.D. McKissick, even though he's not playing significant snaps for you, to keep a Logan Thomas, even though he's not really doing anything for you in between the lines. And lastly, (laughs) the commander's three-game winning streak means absolutely nothing to me because until they beat a legitimate football team, I don't really have too much to say about it. 301-230-0980 is the number. Let's go to Brian once tapping. What's going on, Brian? Hey, how's it going, man? I'm good. How are you? You know, if I had money, I would make you general manager because everything you said today makes sense. And I say the same thing. (laughs) I appreciate it. My question is this. My question is this. Who Who have they beat lately convincingly? A team where you where they went in and they dominated the whole game and they showed their identity, which they don't have. And just like you say, this is a repeat of years before. They go on winning streaks and people get happy. They go buy mugs. They go buy T-shirts. And then when they go back on the losing streak, we get on the phone and we get to fussing. Yep. <laughs> it's the same song and dance, and I appreciate the call, man. We've seen this time and time again. I said it earlier in the show. Remember 2012 with Kirk Cousins, that you like that year? It's the same thing. Remember 2020 with this group? Taylor Heineke starts the playoff game, and then at season's end, guess what? You still don't know who your starting quarterback is moving forward. And for me, when I'm building a roster, when I'm building an organization, I want to compete for Lombardi's. That's it. That's it. I understand making the playoffs is part of 
your growth and development. You got to take baby steps first, right? But my thing is, Ron Rivera and this group, we made the playoffs in year one. Has this team really gotten any better since year one of the Ron Rivera era? Can you legitimately go out on a limb confidently and say that this group has gotten better? We're still in the same place that we were three years ago. We don't have a quarterback. We got some legitimate pieces on defense. And the offensive line stinks. That's it. You're in the same spot you were three seasons ago. That's why I'm like, is the three-game winning streak real? Yes, it's real because obviously you've won the last three weeks. But what does it mean? That's what I'm trying to figure out here. 301-230-0980 is the number. Let's go to CW once that happens. What's going on, CW? Hey, man, what's going on, man? Great show. Uh, so... Uh, just to uh, just to give you uh, just a little bit of intel as to what we really need, we need two quarterbacks. Quarterback one is Byron Leftwich as head coach. Quarterback two is either KJ uh, Jefferson or Caleb Williams. I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm biased because I'm a Gonzaga guy. It doesn't matter. It is what it, it don't is. matter. Look, I'm the bottom line too. is this coaching staff. Yeah, dude. Like, dude. Like, this coaching staff isn't gonna work. This coaching staff is not going to take us to the promised land. So it's bittersweet that we're that we're rocking out and we're looking great. Um, T uh, Mac is, or excuse me, uh, McLaurin is looking great. Um, you know, I mean, and 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 it feels good, but. It's not going to be sustainable because we definitely still need a franchise QB. We need decent draft capital, and we need a lot of other things in that back office. But I'm going to hop off the line, man. Great hey, show. Hey, Keep I rocking out, brother. Hey, I, I had to call let you know. We need two quarterbacks, man, <laughs> Byron and KJ or Caleb. Peace. Hey, I appreciate the call, man. Look, I'll push back a little bit on Byron Leftwich because have you seen the way the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense has looked to start this season? Holy hell. I think Byron Leftwich is probably a damn good offensive coordinator. Is he ready to be a head coach yet? I'd like to see a little bit more offensive success from Tampa Bay uh, before I'm ready to anoint him. And I know he was one of the hot candidates this offseason, but there's a reason he didn't get a job. So we'll see, man. I wonder how much the lack of offensive success for the Bucs is going to hurt Byron Leftwich this offseason when it's time to go out and try to get a big boy job. 301-230-0980 is the number. What does this commander's three-game winning streak me and you. Let's go to Perrin. Let's tap him. What's going on, Perrin? Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. And tell her, Heineke, we trust. And I agree with everything you said, my brother, but I will keep hope alive. I'm going to stay on vacation, hit the <laughs> number, and we're going to pay the light bill when we come back. And I do think we got to adjust this offensive line in the offseason because the center of your team is your offensive line. And in regards to J.D. McKissick, we might need J.D. later on down. You know, you never know what might happen to Brian Robinson or a God forbid something happened to Gibson. So we're we going to keep him in the, in, the, in the bank and keep hope alive. And, 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 and scary Terry is dumb. Man. Can I ask you He's a question, a though, Perrin? Can I, can, I, can I ask you a question, Perrin? Yes, what hope do you have right yes, now? Hope for what? I have hope that I have hope that we will make the playoffs, and this this ride continues. I have hope that everything that we have hoped for, and making the playoffs, and making a big splash in the playoffs, because I do believe in our defense. Everything you just went over, I agree with. I, I agree. I, we've secured up our, our defensive backfield. The defensive line is one of the best in the league right now. We just need to make sure that we keep feeding Terry, keep running with McKissick and, and Brian Robinson. And, 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 and look, you can't look. My man Heineke, he was the FBS player of the year. And people keep overlooking that man. And I, I cheer for the underdog. See, because I came from humble beginnings. And see, people are overlook the underdogs sometimes, and they'll be right there in your hand. Perrin, I appreciate the call. It's not. It's not that we're overlooking the underdog, so to speak. It's just we've got, we've got enough data, we've got a big enough sample size to understand that Taylor Heineke probably isn't the guy moving forward. There were thirty-two NFL teams that had the opportunity to go out and draft Taylor Heineke. Everyone passed on it. He went undrafted. He was able to find a home, but at some point, 
your physical limitations are going to catch up to you at that position. And I think we saw that last year when we got to see Taylor in an extended role. There's nothing wrong with being hopeful. There's nothing wrong with wishing for the best. But at some point, at some point, you've got to believe and understand what's really happening here. Yeah, we're on a three-game winning streak, but what does it mean? 301-230-0980 is the number. Let's go to Kermit in D.C. Once tap in. I haven't heard you call in a while, my brother. What's going on, man? Yeah, how you doing, man? I've been missing in action. But, look, I've been – I've been listening to the show, and, and, and I agree with what you were saying. I really do. One of the things that I, I really don't understand is our coaching. I think you were right, man. This coaching, man, man, it's sad, man. It's sad. And then when when the defensive coordinators shut Terry McLaurin down, you know, then what? Our offensive line is, you know, we, everybody knows that, that uh, the game is won in the trenches, man. That's where the game is won and lost on the line of scrimmage, man. If you don't have a good offensive line, man, you ain't going nowhere. And and look, our record is what? What are, what are we? Five hundred now? Four and four. Man, we we four and four. So look, we were seven and nine, and they said we were going to the Super Bowl. Remember that? I remember. And a hundred percent remember, man. So yeah, so we ain't done nothing. We ain't done nothing. Three three victories don't mean nothing at all, man. We ain't beat nobody. We ain't beat nobody, man. You know, we'll see how 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 when Minnesota comes in. If they, if we beat Minnesota, I might I might put a question mark up. But right now, we ain't going nowhere, man. Hey, we Kermit, ain't going nowhere fast. Hey, Kermit, I appreciate the call, man. I think Kermit makes a good point though, and I've kind of hinted at this throughout the show. Look, I'm not a believer yet in this three-game winning streak, but I'll tell you what. Let this team go out and beat the 6-1 and one Minnesota Vikings on Sunday, and you'll see how quickly the narrative changes here in this town. Let Washington upset Minnesota on Sunday, and you'll see just how quickly things will flip. For myself as well, because all I'm waiting for, all I'm waiting for is us to do it against a team that I feel as if a, that I feel is a legitimate contender. Because you could beat up on the bad teams all day long. It's about what do you do when the big brother comes home? What are you going to do when big, bad Kirk Cousins and that high-octane Minnesota Vikings offense comes to town? Then how are you going to react? Because we're all singing the praises of this defense, as we should. We should. But in three straight weekends, you've played against very inept offenses. Chicago, Green Bay, and Indianapolis. They aren't good offensively. You were supposed to do that. But that's that's what's happened in this town. We're so used to underachieving that when we do something we're quote-unquote supposed to do, it's taken as some sort of Super Bowl. And this isn't me being negative. I'm a biggest fan, as you guys are. I always say that, man. I bleed burgundy and gold just like you guys do. I'm just like that scorned husband. This team has broke my heart year in and year out, year in and year out. And for the last three years under Ron Rivera, he has failed to address the most important position in the sport. And right now, even though we're in the midst of this three-game winning streak, I still feel as if we're not addressing or trying to find the solution to the most important position in the sport. We'll take one more call here before we hit the break. Let's go to EB and Laurel once that happens. What's going on, EB? No, man, why do you hate Heineke so much, man? Oh, my Lord. I've been waiting for somebody to call and say the ignorant thing that you just said. Why do I hate Taylor Heineke, EB? Man, that's what it sounds like, man. Every time you talk, but you just want him to fail. That's what it sounds like. No, 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 like, it's not that I want him, to, him fail. to fail. I just want us to find the long-term solution at that position. From based but, off of what you see. why can't he be, though? Why, why can't Heineke be the long-term position? Because uh, he got 15 why, why starts last year, EB. He started 15 games for us last year. What did he do? All right. How many games did he win? Not enough to make the playoffs. Seems like he winning. Man, it seemed like he winning more than he losing. I don't know. Go back and go back and check the numbers on that. Go back and check the numbers on that. This team failed to make the playoffs we, last look, year, EB. Man, look. And, and look, I, I want to hear you. I want to hear you out though, because I, I appreciate you coming with that with that viewpoint, bro. But like, in my opinion, is it real? Is this three-game winning trick that we're on real? Do you really think Taylor Heineke is going to be the guy moving forward? 
If that's what you think, that's what you I think. I mean, he could be. He he could be. I know he don't got a rocket arm. His accuracy might be off. But you you know how hard it is to find a Tom Brady, a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen. Man, them franchise waited a long time for them guys to come. You're 100% and it was correct. miss after miss after miss. Just, just like we missing and missing and missing. But, man, I think Heineke could, could do his thing. And until we find that Patrick Mahomes, until we find that Tom Brady, until but this we is the find thing, that EB. diamond this in the thing, rough. EB. This is the thing, EB. This is the needle in the haystack to find a guy like that. I'm we just, have we have a rookie quarterback on our roster right now that we don't know what the hell he could be. But as long as Taylor Heineke's yeah, I, playing, you're never going to find the answer to that question. Yeah, and I, I like what you said. As soon, as soon as we out of the equation, as soon as we out, then go ahead and give Sam Howell a chance. Hey, I, and I, I do like that. I like that because he, he deserves a chance. But at the end of the day, man, it just seemed like you be wanting the Heineke to fail so, so much, man. It just seemed like, you know, he don't got that arm. He don't got, he don't got that, he don't got that accuracy or whatever all the time. I mean, sometimes it's there. Sometimes the accuracy there. Sometimes, I, mean, I agree might with not you, EB. It. It's, about him, it's about him doing it on a consistent basis. I appreciate the call. We got to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll continue to take your calls here. We got packed lines. It's a party here on the Burgundy and Gold today. 301-230-0980 is the number. What does this commander's three-game winning streak mean to you? We'll take your calls next right here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.